Let's learn different moves. Parenting movements, that is. Let's mix and shake until we find our own groove. I'm Paula. Angel. Jumi. I'm Mars. And this is the Shaking Parenting Podcast. Hi, Angel and Paula. Hi, Jumi and Paula. Hi, guys. And hi to everyone listening here. So, to start the whole idea of this podcast... We will dig more into a philosophy so close to our hearts, the one that brought us all together, Montessori. Montessori began in 1907, and it was started by a doctor named Maria Montessori. She started it in Rome, Italy. As a doctor, she did a lot of experiments and observations, and it was through observing children themselves that she discovered how children learn. She always said that hers isn't really a method, for she only observed and followed the children. But... It was people around her that called it the Montessori Method. Well, regardless of what it's called, we have so much to thank her for. But before I go on crying here, let me introduce one of the best people who can talk more about Montessori. Mars Medina, or you probably know her more as Montessori on Mars. She used to run a Montessori school here in the Philippines. She talked about this in our intro last time, but more than that history... I think we are all more inspired seeing how Montessori is really a lifestyle for her. In her thoughts, her actions, and her words. So, without further ado, hello Mars! Hello! Iya ka na agad! Pwede, pwede. I am so glad to have this space to be doing this. And as you know, I can talk about Montessori the whole day. So, pigilan nyo lang ako, ha? <laughs> okay, we'll do. Sige. Okay, so we will... The, the, the questions are sequenced to help you. <laughs> Stop talking about Montessori the whole day. <laughs> okay. So, ayan. Siguro, let's start with... How would you describe Montessori ba in simple terms? Like, for example, for people who are just learning about this... Or someone who's never heard about it, perhaps? Is there a favorite line from this philosophy that you'd like to share to help us have an understanding? Yon. Okay, this is always one of the hardest questions to answer. But I think maybe I'll just answer the way I introduce Montessori to my own daughter. So my daughter, of course, she always hears me talking about Montessori. I tell her about my old Montessori school and the children in my classes in the children's house. She knows I'm Montessori on Mars on Instagram. So she's bound to ask what Montessori is, right? And I told her that Montessori is the surname of Maria Montessori. As you've said, a lady from Italy who was the first woman doctor in Italy. And Maria Montessori is a watcher. And watcher is a big keyword in our home because of the book The Watcher about Jane Goodall, who learned about um, chimpanzees just by watching. Uh, when Jane Goodall started, she didn't have a science, science background, but she learned about chimpanzees just by observing them. And so I told my daughter that Montessori is also a watcher of another marvel of nature. She's an observer of children. And the more she observed them, the more she discovered truths about them. And she discovered the child who um, revealed his true nature, his authentic self, just because he was welcomed to just be himself, to just be free. So anybody now who wants to do the Montessori method, if we want to replicate Montessori's method, the process is the same. Observe the child, 
offer choices, experiment. That's the way to find out what's the child's natural work, not just the external work that we see, but the internal work that's going on also, and see how can we support that work. Because that's what Maria said, eh. Sabi ko nga, ang chismis naman ni Maria, Maring Maria is hindi naman daw totoo that she invented the Montessori method. Just like what Paula said a while ago. Maria said it's not true that she invented the Montessori method. In fact, she didn't like calling it Montessori method. She said she just studied the child, took what the child gave her, and merely expressed it, translated it. She didn't call it the Montessori method, never. For her, she was just doing a scientific method of being with children. And I guess, there, that's my attempt to put Montessori in simple terms. And a quote, uh, okay, ma mahaba to, warning. Pero I think it encompasses a lot of Montessori's philosophy. And siguro, I'll just read the, the quote. If this is done, meaning following the child, trusting in the child's intrinsic, true nature, the child will reveal himself as the greatest marvel of nature. We shall be confronted by a child not as he was considered before, a powerless being, an empty vessel that must be filled with our wisdom. His dignity will arise in its fullness in front of our eyes as he reveals himself as the constructor of our intelligence, as the being who, guided by the inner teacher, in joy and happiness, works indefatigably, following a strict timetable to the construction of that marvel of nature, man. We, the human teachers, can only help the great work that is being done as servants help the master. If we do so, we shall be witness to the unfolding of the human soul, to the rising of a new man who will not be the victim of events, but who will have the clarity of vision to direct and shape the future of human society. Andiyan pa ba kayo? Yes! <laughs> ang haba, di ba? Pero I think, ang haba, pero I think it sums up the core of her philosophy. If you unpack it, pag hinimay-himay mo isa-isa, andiyan yung absorbent mind, the sensitive periods, role of the adult, cosmic tasks, terms that maybe people who are listening now can research for themselves. But one of the things na favorite ko dyan sa passage na yan, is she says the child is a marvel of nature. The child is part of nature. And when you think of something in nature, you can't control them. I like yung shinere ni Paula in Instagram the other day, na yung John Holt quote, na a gardener does not grow flowers. He tries to provide what the flower needs and they grow by themselves. That's how nature works, diba? And being part of nature, that's how children work. It reminds me also of this quote said by someone. Let's see if you can guess. Um, it was said by this someone who is, is said to be a supporter of Maria Montessori. Sabi niya, I never teach my pupils. I only attempt to provide the conditions in which they can learn. Sounds be very Montessori, di ba? Uh -oh. mm -hmm. But it was said by someone very famous. Can you guess? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, I, I'll give you another clue. I'll give you another clue. I'll give you another clue. He also said this. It's also very Montessori, but he also said this. 
everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Yeah. Albert Einstein. Yes. <laughs> Albert Einstein. So he was said to be a supporter of Maria Montessori. And um, he's a physicist. And a little trivia about Maria. Maria Montessori also defied societal norms before, even as a teenager. When she, because she went to an all-boys technical school. It was a technical school. But it was full of like sciences and math because she wanted to be an engineer. And that was so uncommon for women at that time. So before she went into medical school and eventually became the first woman doctor in Italy, she actually had a certificate in physics and in math. And she wanted to be an engineer. But she didn't pursue that. She pursued something which was even more uncommon during that time, which is medicine. So that's a trivia. Yes, I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, me too. Marisha, mm-hmm. sa sinabi mo, I really like yung parang it's providing a safe space for the child, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, um, linking that to our next question, so how would you say a typical day would be like in a Montessori home? Parang is there something, whether materials or activities, that you would normally see in a Montessori home? Meron bang parang pag pag may ganito siya, Asher Montessori siya? Is there even such a thing? Okay. Um, I think it's easy to see kasi like pictures of Montessori prepared environments and yeah. materials, right? Mm-mm. But actually, there is an underlying focus. And in every stage, every age, or in Montessori, we call it planes of development. The focus actually is independence. Not that we are teaching the child how to be independent. Hindi yun eh, because in Montessori, independence is not something an adult teaches. Independence is actually already the natural work of the child. Maria said that the child is in a conquest for independence. Because if you think about it, the child's earliest hard work, what is it? It's coming out of the womb, diba? That was already a hard work towards independence. Suddenly, you're no longer in this perfect environment of the womb where you just have everything you need. Suddenly, you have to work and latch and suckle so you can feed. That's a conquest for independence. And it's not something an adult teaches. That's the natural work of the child, any person, actually. And it will look, independence will look different in every stage or every plane of development. But you new focus, supporting the child's conquest for independence. So, for example, at zero to three, that means maybe an independence in movement. For example, um, the babies discover na, ha, if I move my body a certain way, I can get from one point to another. So, if this is the work of the child, how can you support the child? Through our environment, yes, pero also through our perspective and responses. Like, if we know the child is working on his independence in movement, magagalit ba tayo kung nakikita natin na he's climbing the winning chair and the winning table na supposedly for eating? Di ba nangyari yan sa'yo, Paula? Oo. Yes. So, di ba? Parang if you, if you know that, that it is actually his work for independence, you know the underlying reason for the movement or for the activity. So, for example, for three to six, the independence is among many things, he now realizes that he has his own will. 
he is a different person from mom and dad with his own choices and preferences. Maria calls it the development of the will. And if you know this is the work of the child, you'll understand better why is he having big emotions. Pag gusto pa niya magstay sa playground, pero why does he have to leave when that's not his will? Diba? And for 6 to 12, for example, uh, they're working among many other things. They're working on intellectual independence. They have so many questions. Why? How? So we equip them so they can find out answers to their own questions. So in authentic Montessori elementary environments, big thing yung going out. We call it going out. Where, syempre, kasi ang, ang vast ng potential questions and explorations ng child is. So in Montessori Elementary, we show the child how to research within the resources of our classroom or our home, but also more importantly, to go out and look for resources and answers and experiences outside so we can help them go to, sana may libraries tayo dito, <laughs> or maybe each other's libraries na lang, <laughs> or naman go to people whom they can interview and talk to and ask their questions. Or go to places where they can concretely experience whatever it is that they were researching about. Para siyang field trip, pero mm -hmm. the elementary child organizes this himself with the guidance lang of the adult until he can do it independently. And so, in also in 12 to 18 years old, they're really an in, the, in an independent conquest to find their place and role in society. And I guess yun din yung another focus in Montessori. In every age or stage, along with independence, you also focus on interconnectedness. Like in zero to three, the child discovers ah, he is connected to his environment. He's exploring physical cause and effect. I pull this, that will move. Nakita niya na, hmm, something I do, my actions make something else happen in my environment. Tapos at three to six, he's connected to his community. He's seeing that I, what I do affects my, first his family and then his community. So, ang question natin as adults here is, how can I make more opportunities for the child so he can be a real contributing member of our family, of our home, and then of the community? And then at 6 to 12, the child will want to explore the interconnectedness of everything. So, that's what we attempt to explore with the child. For example, we'll explore how my family's needs are actually fundamentally just the same as another child or another family in another country or culture. How are we connected to different creatures and ecosystems? How is every creature contributing to this interconnectedness? And we hope to guide the child to answer the question, if everything, every creature has a unique contribution, what is mine? So that when they reach 12 to 18, they're more equipped now to explore that question some more and see what that means concretely for them. So I think yun yung distinct in Montessori homes. There's a focus on independence and interconnectedness. And everything we do, sensorial, practical life, math, reading, geography, and so on, everything is an, just an attempt to support and foster these independence and interconnectedness. So follow-up question, Mars. Um, kasi in Instagram, we see this, we hear, we, we read this a lot, na parang may maraming mga nagsasabi na, 
they don't feel like Montessori enough. And I think, kasi diba, pag sa Instagram ka talaga tumitingin, what you will see is, pag Montessori, maraming shelfy work, shelf work, or may mga, ano yung tawag doon? Yung learning towers, tapos mga, yung mga ganong materials, or ganong mga small na gamit. What's your take on that? Yung pagiging Montessori enough? I think yung um, answer, a person's answer to that question does not depend on how much shelf you have or how clean your house is or how much materials you have. But I think it depends on her honest answer to the question, how enough do you think your child is? Because Maria Montessori, she thought it was enough to follow the child because she saw the child was already naturally equipped to grow. Not someone na kailangan kong turuan ng independence kasi baka hindi siya maging independent and such. Kasi laging we are thinking of that, eh, but I'll get all these things kasi kailangan ko ituro to sa anak ko, kailangan ma-exposure to these things para ganito siya lumaki. But Montessori thought that it was in the child was enough so much so that she could follow the child. Sure, we have to guide, guide the child on how to be in a society, which is actually a man-made construct if you think about it. And sure, Ma- Maria Montessori studied profusely all her life and she took knowledge and inspiration from other doctors and scientists. But her standard was always the child. That was enough standard for her. Was the child joyful? How? So I think if we are thinking, am I Montessori enough? The question you really need to ask yourself is, how enough do we think our child is? Do we trust nature and the child's natural design enough to follow him? So I think that's the consideration we have to make more than what we see on Instagram. Hearts, hearts. <laughs> Hindi ko alam kung nawawala ka ng slight Mars o umiiyak ka na dyan. <laughs> but yes, alam buti na lang talaga nakasequence yung mga questions kasi ano eh, naiiyak na ako kanina pa sa mga sagot mo eh. <laughs> yung iyakan talaga to eh. Okay, compose, compose. Um, speaking of Instagram, because we're very much into using it and sharing what we learned there. You started this one hashtag, hashtag prepared adult first. Um, and you mentioned a lot about the role of the adult. Is it the same as being a guide or observer? Okay, I think um, as adults, kasi when we think of Montessori or actually any other philosophy, the first thing we think about is what can I do with my child? What work can I do with him or to him? But before anything else, and actually alongside everything else, Maria invites us to work on the prepared adult first. The question is, what work do I have to do with myself first? Because for us to be, yes, we say that the role of the adult is an objective observer, etc. But for us to be, to do that role, to be an objective observer, doing that, scientific method of being with children, we need to unlearn a lot of expectations and biases first, diba? Often, it's not so much the learning, but the unlearning, eh, diba? 
But Maria and Maria, but Maria said that she said that the real preparation for working with children is a study of oneself. The the it's more than learning of ideas and learning all these how to present the, these materials, etc. It's more training of our own character, not the child's. It is more a preparation of our spirit. Yan. Ang galing. <laughs> Ito na naman ako. <laughs> okay, naiyak talaga ako sa lahat ng sagot mo. <laughs> kasi, <laughs> kasi parang, that's true, no? Sometimes, uh, we all focus on focusing on the child. Pero there is, you're right, there is so much inner work for us first to be able to do that. And I think that's what we want parents to realize also through this, you know, through our conversations. Kasi paminsan, hindi ka naman pwedeng magbigay ka agad kung ikaw mismo kulang na kulang or hindi mo rin alam ano yung ginagawa mo. Diba? Ayun. Ayun. Alam mo, if you think about, sorry, medyo processing oh, na. Sige, ako, but okay. If you think about it, parang tayong adults, ang dami na natin sobrang history, diba? Na yes. pinagdaanan. Sobrang mm-hmm. ang dami na natin, I think, deviations yung mm-hmm. tawag doon. Mm-hmm. Pero yung child, sobra siyang he comes into this world with just nature, di ba? Right. So, parang bakit mo iisipin na, ay, kailangan ko tong pihitin, palitan, uh-huh. i-change. Eh, siya nga yung sobrang he came into this world with that just his uh-huh. natural uh-huh. self. Tayo yung andami na nating history na kailangan unpack and re- unlearn, di ba? There really is a lot of unlearning. That's the term. Yes. <laughs> and right. it's not easy. You know, I mean, even mm-hmm. I think for all of us here, uh, we read about Montessori a lot. We try to live the philosophy as close as, you know, to how she 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 did it. She observed, but I think every day there's still a lot of challenges and unlearning for us. So, which leads me to this important question. And I think one of the reasons why we actually came up talaga with this podcast, <laughs> discipline. Okay, this is what we're okay. all curious about. How would discipline look like in a Montessori philosophy or in a Montessori home, school? And for example... Let's say you've given the child enough time to finish what he or she is doing already. And then you announce that, oh, it's dinner time or it's time to do something else. But then the child refuses. How do you deal with that? Okay, so siguro I'll talk a little bit more about what discipline looks like first. So Maria Montessori said that, and, and, and I think this we know, she said that concerning discipline, it is not enough that we talk to the child or that we read them books about it. We know this, but she also said, it is not enough that the child has a good model. It is not enough that we, the adults, are good examples for the child. Kasi minsan isip natin, basta kung ano yung gawin mo, gagayahin ng child, di ba? Um, but it's not enough. Though. And in Montessori, yes, we model um, good behavior, what's considered good behavior in our society, in our daily lives, we attempt, yun yung word go, mm. we attempt to try, we try to model. And we also have grace and courtesy presentations, diba, in Montessori, where you de- deliberately show how to borrow, for example, how to ask if you want to join someone in a work, exam- for example. But Maria says that's still not enough because Maria said, discipline must come through liberty, through the child, having the freedom to make choices because this is the only way that the child will see that everyone makes choices including him 
that all our choices have natural consequences and that we have to own our choices. We are accountable for the consequences of our choices. So, and in Montessori, we give the child the space, the venue, so that he can practice making choices and making the connections between his choices and their consequences in a safe and gracious space with an adult guiding him, helping him process, and keep keeping him and the others and the environment safe. Until eventually, as he grows older, our hope is for a self-disciplined child. Ito yung sinasabi ni Montessori, our goal is not for obedience, but for self-discipline. Our goal is for a child to be a master of his own will, who can choose options that will lead to good consequences. But paano yun? Do we really just let the child choose whatever he wants? Siyempre, sabi naman ni Montessori, giving the child liberty is not abandoning him to himself, di ba? Freedoms have limits. Liberties have limits. In some cases, the limit can depend on our own personal limits, our own triggers, or of course, values. So, like, for example, kunyari yung sa pagkain and dinner time. So, you can offer choices, but limit the options depending on your values and personal limits, for example. So, for some, syempre, iba-iba yan every family or every person. For some, okay na yung sabihin mo, dinner is ready, come when you are. Or for some, pwedeng dinner will be ready in 10 minutes, choose the last thing you want to do. For some, pwedeng dinner is ready, choose what you want to scoop first into your plate para parang may call to action agad. Yes, Nani ka na dito. Yes. Ang galing. Yes, yes. Diba? Iba-iba siya. But the point is you limit the options but still let the child choose because hopefully you will be able to communicate to the child that yes, you that you have choices. Yes, your your choices are valued here, but there are times when you need to choose among limited choices. Diba? Mm. But a clear limit is, of course, the safety and well-being of the child, others, and the environment. So, what if the child, kunyari, hits someone on a play date? You can say na, I see you're feeling upset. Let's go to a safe space and you can let out your feelings. Would you like to walk there or I'll carry you? Do you need me to carry you? Oh, it seems like you need me to carry you. I'll carry you now. Okay, we're here in the safe space. Will silence from me help? A soothing song or something else? And and offering all these choices also helps because there's brain science involved there, diba? Right? Because you help activate the child's upper brain, the part of the brain that's responsible responsible for making choices. So you help the child move away from that lower brain, that the response of the lower brain, na flight or flee or yeah, diba? And then when ready, we process with the child. You help him think of a way for him to choose differently next time. Like, I see you really wanted that toy. I wonder if we can think of options for you to say next time or do you, uh, or things for you to do when you want to ask for a turn or if you want to join someone playing next time. And these are the options we, so you list options, you say, these are the options we listed and came up with. Which do you want to try next time and see so that we see a consequence that's different from this time, for example. Hopefully, you're able to communicate to the child that even when you're mad, even when you're feeling high emotions, we have choices, we have options. And to be honest, I am parents, we also need that, diba? Na para even if you're mad, even if you're feeling high emotions, we have options, we have choices. And we have people who 
whom we feel safe with, right? Because uh-huh. we were talking about the the upper brain and yes. the and the only way for the upper brain to really work is when that person, whether a child or an adult, feels safe. Yes, right? But also with mm-hmm. regards to limits, mm-hmm. okay. Maria also. I guess, guess posts a caveat. Now, we also have to be mindful and truthfully examine our limits because Maria is so honest in saying that sometimes we feel that the limit we are setting is for the good of the child, but it can also just amount to our own comfort. And I'm not saying it's not okay to think of our own comfort as parents, but sometimes we'll have to make a choice then eh, between our comfort and the child day. We have to be, and we have to be honest with ourselves Now, okay, I'm setting this limit because this is my personal limit. This is my trigger. It's not really a question of whether or not it's for the child's own good. And I think that's also important to communicate to the child. Yes. Honesty yeah. so, is so important. Yeah. And yun, parang siguro, discipline should be more than just obey me or else, yung mga ganyang, ano, diba? My way or the highway, yung mga ganyang linyahan, diba? It's really about um, guiding the child and equipping the child to navigate through different twists and turns of choices and consequences. And the adult, the parent, should be that safe and gracious space so the child can explore and discover the relationship between his choices and his consequences. So I think the answer mo naman na din yung like the sample scenario yes. with the dinner uh-huh. time. So I mean, it really depends also on you know your limits as a family. That's what I, I gathered, no. And but also examining those limits, whether it's really for you, for the child, or really what it's for, no. Okay, so about mistakes naman, um, I think you somehow covered this, but is there anything you want to add about mistakes? Um, like, what is the approach of, in a, a Montessori approach when a child commits a mistake? So, I understood that you talked about natural consequences, so, diba? Under, I understood that, but is there anything that you want to add pa? Or, yeah, oh, mm. siguro, um, kasi sabi ni Maring Maria, mm. <laughs> si, si Manong, ano daw, si Manong mistake, si Mr. Error, she's, she's just there. He's just there. Anywhere you go, anjan lang siya. So, mas mabuti daw na kaibiganin mo siya, she said. It will do us well daw to cultivate a friendly feeling towards error, a compassionate relationship with mistake, and to treat it daw as a companion inseparable from our lives. So, how do we do this in Montessori? Uh, one way is that in the work of a child, we have something in the work, in the material, or the process, so the child can check his work by himself. My feedback system again, so the child can see and correct his own mistake. That's what we call control of error. So like, for example, if the child is doing an addition work, for example, you can have a separate like control or answer card that the child can check after his work, or pwedeng he checks using a calculator, and I do this. And if he sees my mistake, siya, no fuss, he just corrects that by himself. That's beneficial for the child because aside from the immediate feedback system, also we don't affect his confidence by pointing out his mistakes all the time. To the child, to the child, he is the one who discovered his mistakes. He is the one who corrected his mistakes. So that is still his work that he deserves to be proud of. Diba? But hindi naman lahat ng environments niya may control of error. But 
hopefully, eventually, it becomes his practice to find a way to check, verify his work, check different sources, and yun, correct his mistakes. Hopefully, he becomes responsible for his mistakes and learns from them even when there is no longer that control of error um, present. No? And tayo naman, if we keep seeing mistakes, it's not the adult's job to keep on correcting. Your job is to take note of the mistake, take note of the challenges, the difficulties as part of your observation, and you know, you can represent the lesson another day. May, may bukas pa. So, essentially, you also use the child's mistake to see how you'll move along in your presentations and lessons. Do you need to isolate a difficulty? For example, do you need to isolate a step or a process? Like, for example, nahirapan siya mag-add. Maybe kasi because of your observation, nakita mo, pag kumukuha siya ng manipulative, she gets two at a time. So now you know na, ah, I have to make a presentation model how I'll get, isolate that difficulty, that process, na I'll just get one bead at a time. And I know for us adults, medyo focus tayo minsan sa product than the process, diba? Kaya minsan frustrating yung mistakes. But think of it this way. If a child makes mistakes in a work, but you see that he's ready and enthusiastic for it, the mistakes only mean that the material is challenging enough, sufficiently challenging, so that the child will be interested in practicing the work with concentration and perseverance. But, and that's the kind of work you're looking for. Because eh? if it's madali, you'll see the child moves on from it. That is, if the child is not afraid sa mistake, na pipiliin lang niya yung work na madali para hindi siya nagkakamali, di ba? So, ayos yun. Um, wag tayo matakot sa mistakes. And let's not pass that on to our child na natatakot siya sa mistakes because of how we, we handle mistakes. Ask the child, is it a mistake, a problem that can be fixed? Do you want to fix it yourself or do you want my help? And there's value in both. There's value in letting the child fix his own mistakes and also value in communicating to the child that you can come to me with your mistakes. You don't have to hide them from me. I'm here for you. We can figure it out together. You know, when my daughter comes to me with a mistake, there was, a, there was one time I remember she was getting um, dill leaves to feed the chickens. Tapos, napagpul niya nung leaf, leaves, napul out niya yung entire plant. So she went to me and showed me her mistake. And, and every time she does this, I thank her. Thank you for coming to me with that mistakes with that mistake. It's safe to go with me with your mistakes. It's a very intentional response I give because I want her to know that now and always, I am someone she can run to when she has a mistake or a problem. And that's a message from us parents that we hope our children will carry with them even when they're older, diba? Parang, that's why I think it's always so healthy. That's why si Ka, si my daughter now, whenever that um ayaw niya nag erase um sa paper niya, kasi she experienced before na pag erase yan, napunit yung paper. So she always calls me when she she's not ready yet daw to do the erasures by herself. So I'm always the one making the erasures for her. And I tell her that I'm glad that I can help you with this mistake. 
and yung friendly feeling that that compassionate relationship with mistake that's so important for the child and for us adults yung prepared adult first that's one of the work that we need to do for us to develop that kind of relationship with our own mistakes that's that's so liberating also no i mean for yes. the adult to know that mistakes are okay are welcome and yes. are part of the learning process i mean for many of us that's a lot to unpack because <laughs> we didn't grow up that way exactly. but right. but it's so nice to know that there's a a philosophy out there that believes in this and i think it's very valuable true, true. I like that Morris is saying um, a lot about the roles of the child and the adult. And I guess, Sigur Morris, I want to go back to what Paula mentioned and you guys mentioned a while ago about unpacking our history and what we grew up with. And we touched on this topic um, during our introduction about religion. I know Maria wrote some things on it, but I haven't read everything that she wrote. Hello, sobrang dami, di ba? <laughs> and I think we'll be learning, we'll be having book clubs until old na yung mga kids natin and still chatting about Maria. Yes! <laughs> and so I wanted to know um, if you can share more about what she said about faith, more specifically, when do you start sharing it to your child? And if you think that the Montessori method is accommodating to other worldview or other religions. Okay, Angel, I think maybe in this area you've read more than me <laughs> because um, this is an area in Montessori that I haven't really researched about. But I'll share um, one of the things I witnessed when I was an intern and when I was working in a Montessori preschool before because I saw then um, other teachers do presentations where stories from the Bible were, and this was a, because this was a Catholic um, Montessori preschool, mm -hmm. um, were read, but while, so the stories from the Bible were read, but while the teacher reads from the Bible, she also has parang um, miniatures that she moves around and she manipulates. So parang she's using the miniatures to act out the story. So yung isang naalala ko was the story of the good shepherd and the lost sheep or was it the found sheep? So parang, so parang may green wooden board with fans and may miniature flock of sheep and there was a shepherd and the teacher would tell the story how a shepherd knows the sheep and he would know if one is lost and he would find it. And so after the teacher tells the story, that whole work is available on the shelf and the child can retell the story. Kahit hindi pa siya marunong magbasa ng Bible, mm -hmm. the child can retell and internalize the story by exploring and working the miniatures and the material with the material with the miniatures and the materials and this i saw in a three to six classroom so i would guess you present at that age but i think maria also said that um if you have religious practices in your home the child naturally absorbs this even in, at first because absorbent mind this so the child will absorb these practices as part of his environment just as he would absorb um language, for example, or the cultures of our home. And then when ready, ayan, I saw 
presentations like that na and i can imagine how different stories from different religions and beliefs and cultures can also be translated into this parang storytelling this parang sensorial experience for the child and um, is montessori accommodating to other worldviews and religions so like i said even a child from zero to three years old will absorb religious practices from the parents diba? Um, because of his absorbent mind um, but in montessori because of peace education and cosmic education an essential part of the six to twelve year old work is looking at maria calls them the fundamental needs of man and it's basically exploring how my needs are the same as someone else's in a different country or culture or belief and we just translate these needs we fulfill these needs in different ways but they're all essentially the same and part of that fundamental needs of man is faith religion so we get to explore and try to understand different ones as well ganda i mean yes i agree na pwede naman talaga na it can be absorbed whatever it is although i think well maria montessori herself was a catholic diba so yes. i think that's the yes. only thing that needs to be cleared here but yes it can accommodate different religions or worldviews not depending on your practice as parents as well Since we are all advocates of movement for children here, can we ask you to teach us or share with us just one Montessori physical activity that parents can easily introduce to their children, like right now after this session, and do with them? Siguro, I would say, don't underestimate the benefits of practical life and how it contributes to the child child's conquest of independence that I was talking about a while ago, diba? And of course, practical life and independence would look different for different families. So, maybe um, for some, nagbibake ng fresh bread from scratch with our children, diba? Some maybe have bread maker like Paula. Proud of it. Wala, wala pa ako noon. <laughs> Yeah. Wala pa ako noon, hindi ko pa napipitch kay hindi ko. May iba pa akong pinapabili. <laughs> and and yeah, yeah, and yeah, some may have the bread maker and you just let your child put the all the ingredients into the machine and some of us, you know, maybe we just buy bread from the store and let the child spread the palaman and and those are all okay, iba-iba. But yun nga, um consider practical life and a Montessori home would always see, would always try to see in which work, in which parts and process and rhythm of our home can I involve the child so that I can support his natural work towards independence. That concludes the first part of our Montessori episode. Join us again next week for the second part of our interview with Mars. Please don't forget to follow us or subscribe to this podcast. And hop on to our Instagram at shakingparenting.podcast and let us know your key takeaways from this episode. Thank you!